welcome back to our podcast series, Hill Life. And today we're talking with the captain of McMacken House, Lee Shuan. Welcome. Thank you. When did you first start here on the Hill? I started back in 2020 um, during COVID, well, just before COVID hit. And uh, uh, that's when I came to Australia with my family. And yeah, been, so it's quite sense. Okay, cool. And where did you come from? I came from Shanghai, China. Um, that's where I grew up. That's where I was born. You know, I had most of my life there. Okay, and tell me about some of the schools that you went to there. You were telling me about how every time you left a school, it went bankrupt. Uh, well, not bankrupt, but uh, uh, noticeably different. Um, when I was when I was younger, I started off in a school. Um, not going to name names. Um, that one after I left after a year suddenly had a lawsuit of a billion dollars. That was great. Um, then the second school I went to, it was around Shanghai for around 20, 30 years. It was around for a pretty long time. It was a very mm. long standing school. The year I left, it went under new management and then so happened to have to sell their nursery building because, you know, they ran out of money. And then the uh, next school I went to, a uh, very big school uh, in the UK. Um, that one didn't necessarily go bankrupt. It's just due to COVID. They had some unfortunate circumstances happen to them. Okay, so, so it's not because you left that these schools went under. It's... Hopefully not, but it's just an odd coincidence. Yeah. Okay, and if I visited Shanghai, what, do you, what would I do there? What do you suggest would be some of the highlights of that little town? Oh, Shanghai's a very, it wouldn't be a little town. It's a very big city. Um, there's a lot to do there. Um, you know, the night city is always very beautiful in the city. There's always lights. You know, it's a very international city because a lot of people from um, other countries all come visit the place. And I don't know, I think it's nice. There's always a spot to see in Shanghai. Yeah, and you said one of the highlights was the skyscrapers, yeah? And the yeah. being built. And... Oh, they're so much faster than the Scotch buildings. <laughs> well, lots of things are. Yeah. Um, what about when you did arrive here from that was from the wellington international school yeah what surprised you most about this school and how and living on the hill and things like that i think for me because i used to be more of a day student um back at school uh back at wellington and um i think the biggest difference for me is having to adapt to independence because i used to be at home so i was more dependent on my family mm. but whereas when i became a boarder here i had to learn how to be more independent and self-sufficient and uh, not a lot surprised me about scotch but i think the biggest thing is more about the school's legacy and how long it stands and you know how much we honor the past mm. i think that was much more surprising yeah um, okay, so the biggest sort of adjustment for you was the self-sufficiency and stuff, not so much the lessons and the, and the curriculum content. No. Yeah. Yeah, you, um, and you know a little bit about the history, yeah? You were telling me some stuff about the Little John Chapel. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, Rev, a while ago, told me that, uh, what is it, Little John was one of the uh, most uh, significant principals uh, back in Scotch because he was the principal during the war times mm. and uh, you know basically after he came in office of principal he you know spent the rest of his life at Scotch becoming the chairman of uh, what is it the school board council, and yeah. Uh, yeah the Oscar council and then you know after he died they had plans to build him a chapel uh, which is over there mm. um, and during you know it was during the Great Depression era and they didn't have much funding to build it for him. 
So uh, the boys of Scotch were like, you know, we have to build this for Little John, and they build it brick by brick. Yeah, yeah, I remember we ever sent saying that at assembly as well. Um, what is one of the things that we would never guess about you? Never guess about me. Um, I don't know. I think I'm pretty average. Uh, I don't do much. Uh, maybe I play the bagpipes, I guess. Okay, yeah, I didn't know that. So that is a good example of something that we wouldn't have guessed. Um, and now I'm interested in sort of uh, the difficult times, the hardest times that you've experienced here on the hill. Can you think of a time that was a really difficult time for you? I think for me, a difficult time uh, for me on the hill was when I first moved here, you know. I knew nobody here. Um, I was basically myself. Uh, I didn't know but anyone at the boarding house, you know. I remember one of the toughest times was during one weekend, all my roommates left. I was here because of the new boarders cows camp. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know, I just felt really down because I was all alone. And it was sort of the first time where I was like truly alone. Yeah, by yeah. Myself. that's something I think I noticed too for boys who are in a room, say with three or four other, two or three, four other people on a weekend where everyone else goes home. Yeah. Even if it's not at the start of the year, it can make it a bit of a lonely weekend. Yeah. Okay, and what about disappointments? I know that, um, you know, you didn't get prefect this year. Yeah. That must have been disappointing. I mean, sure, it's disappointing, but I feel like the idea of like um, prefect or whatnot is everyone who gets it deserves it because not everyone who deserves it gets it because there's only limited spaces. And sometimes your disappointment should just be your fuel to work better, to, um, what is it, train yourself, to become a better person. And, you know, sometimes um, setbacks is just a way to, you know, start again smarter. Okay, so that's your self-talk. If you yeah. have a disappointment or something, you tell yourself, this is my opportunity to start again and do it and work smarter and, yeah. and sort of use it as fuel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Um, what advice would you give your younger self? Uh, I think my younger self, I definitely would have told him to take more opportunities and instead of telling himself that, you know, some things you can't do, you know. I remember when I first came to Scotch, I was like, I'll never join the Pipes Band because, you know, I'm not very musically talented. Mm. Uh, I just know how to play some instruments. But, you know, throughout the years, I finally joined the band this year. And, you know, I definitely wish, you know, I definitely told myself back then, you know, you should have taken this opportunity, worked harder, and you could have been in the band earlier. Okay, certainly, um, as we'll find out in a minute, you do a lot of stuff and you have taken on, a, well, um, sort of all, a lot of opportunities in recent years, but you feel like that that's something you could have done as soon as you arrived? Yeah, I definitely feel like I should have taken more because, you know, I remember because when I first came here, it was during the COVID years, there was an, mm. uh, you know, I was kind of new here. I was like, uh, I don't really care about much. So I'm just not going to take up any extension opportunities or whatnot. And then later on in the years, I think, especially during year 11 and this year, I started taking up a lot more extension stuff. Yeah. Um, so, and just while we're talking about how many things you do, what would be your best tip of sort of managing your time? Like, how do you do everything from your Monash gate duties to... Uni? Uh, yeah, well, you know, uni... Physics. Physics, yeah. Um, I feel like um, being more efficient with your time is to sort of, although I procrastinate still, but the more busy you are, the less you procrastinate because you know full well that 
there's a due date that's coming in and everything is lined up before then. So you have to do uh, things at the moment because you know later on you won't have the time. So you have to do it now or else you'll never get to do it. So it's almost as if the more busy you are, the more efficient you are. Yeah. Yes, because I had here, yeah, you're doing six subjects, two services, Monash, uh, Gate, Judy as a school officer and uni physics. And then the boarding house captain. And then the boarding house captain, of course. So you've got some duties this weekend for Wedderburn, yeah? Yeah, I do. Um, my next question is about an influential person in your life. I'm interested to hear about if there was someone in your life who has been like a positive or a influence or inspiration for you. So there's this family friend of mine. Um, uh, what is it? He's a very successful businessman nowadays. Um, still not retired, surprisingly. But um, when he was younger, I think when he was eight, he came to Australia with his family of maybe five or six with around $5 to their whole family. Hmm. He told me that, you know, they only had meat during Christmas and, you know, he had to work since a really young age. And he just tells me, he gives me a lot of life advice that's, because he isn't the smartest person necessarily. He's not the most book smart. You mean, he's so, not the yeah. book smart. Yeah, because he's never really been to school past the age of eight. Mm. But he just has a lot of wisdom about life, and I think it's you know good advice. And I take a lot of them in because I remember he was telling me that you know it's not always about money because sometimes you know although people keep on saying you know sometimes money can buy happiness. He says true happiness you can't really buy with money. The mo and he the has lots and lots of money. Yeah? He has a lot of money. So he, he would know. Yeah. And he tells me that, you know, one of his um, most cherished memories from him was when he was roughly 14. And um, he was with his group of friends at a pool or something. And they had a crate of bananas. And they were just eating bananas during the hot summer. Hmm. And he said it, it's a time that he can never buy back again. Sure, he can buy another pool. But he hmm. can't really buy... And bananas. Yeah. But he can't really buy back that nostalgia and that feeling of when he was 14 and just that blissfulness. That's a great example. And I think it's cool to have someone like that in your life because, you know, you can get the book smarts from, from going to class and things like that. But getting that sort of wisdom and life experience is sometimes harder to access. Yeah. Um, okay. So to finish up, last year you won the Ned Parnham Award which is um, an annual award endowed by the Parnham family, and it presented to a boy from year 7 to 11 who demonstrates true Scotch spirit, who challenges the things that need challenging, supports the things that need supporting. Um, and this award commemorates the life of Ned Parnham, who's the class of 2015, and when he was at school, um, he really embraced learning, friendships, sport, and all the opportunities uh, that the school had and although he died in 2020 after a long battle with cancer he never lost his sort of positive approach to life and I think this idea of a positive approach that's something that I can see in you and when I read your reports and you're involved in debating music ventures fencing uh, and your reports talk about an conscientious enthusiastic respectful positive role model that's pretty cool it must have been um, like an honour to win that award last year. It was kind of surprising because I remember when I was sitting, because I also won uh, two smaller awards for economics and scouting. Mm -hmm. I remember I was sitting there, I was like, oh, it's Ned Parnham. It's never going to be me. So, you know, I was just, not going to lie, I was kind of tuned out. And then um, they were saying something about the Ned Parnham. And 
I don't even think I myself heard my name. Um, it was one of my friends next to me who was like, wait, 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 I think they called you. And I was like, oh. So I, could, I kind of stood up and Mr. McLaren signaled to me like, yeah, it's you. So I walked up. <laughs> so you didn't even hear them call your name? Yeah, no, I was, kind of, uh, I was kind of tuned out. And then when I got on stage, sort of in shock yeah. at that point, because it was like, is this really me? Yeah, so, well, yeah, well done again. You have achieved a great deal in your sort of relatively short time here. My last question for you is how will Scotch be a better place for having you here? I don't think Scotch will necessarily, you know, change with or without me here. I think I think of myself as more just like, you know, a person who comes by Scotch, you know, sort of like a traveler who just walks past this town or city and he leaves when his time's done. And I think instead of always thinking about the legacy you leave behind, it's more about, you know, um, you meet your destiny uh, sort of on your way when you try and avoid it. So, you know, the legacy I leave behind is up to the people who are here to see it. But, you know, they won't necessarily, um, I won't necessarily, you know, judge how well I did myself because, you know, you can't really judge. You're always a bit biased to yourself, I guess. Yeah, 100%. All right. Thanks so much, Lee. That was a great chat and I yeah. certainly learned a lot from your answers and I hope the listeners did as well. And um, stay tuned for episode four coming up soon. Thank you.